1: Or visit buylegacygold.com. Hey, pleasure to be back with you. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. And I had to come in off the beach today. So that sucks. I was just talking to the guys. They go, hey, man, it's been a long time. I go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been hanging out at the beach. And uh, I had to come in. Ah, ah, couldn't we have just had a cruddy day? I start coming in from the water and it starts getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And I don't like that at all. I'm just not a fan. I don't do well with the heat i don't do well at all and i am the biggest whiner i'm such a whiner and it, it it's hard for me my wife is doing business right now in phoenix we lived over there she started a business she's got it, it, it's crazy she runs a business in from phoenix and her clients are in san diego county so i i don't know why she doesn't come over here but she goes over there to to run her business and uh, she's got some employees over there that she has to train so i can't even complain to her because i'll say i'll say, man. We hit 90 today at the station. And she'll say, so? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And then she'll say, how's the fires? Oh, the fires stink. Fires are no good. And it worries me when I, you know, it's 90 today. It's May. I don't like 90 in May. I don't like that at all. I don't like that we have massive wildfires in May. We don't. You know, we're not seeing the big winds. Uh, we don't have uh, we don't have the the, the 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 other conditions that we get later in the summer. And already we've got big wildfires that are burning down multi million dollar mansions. I don't like to see any of that. And then I was um I was thinking about the drought conditions that we're already facing. And I was looking up, you know, how bad is the fire season gonna be? And it is no bueno, friends. To see the massive fire that we saw in Laguna Niguel, and then to follow that up with, we're expecting another, you know, more drought conditions. It's going to be even worse. Uh, the The reservoirs are going to get down even further. For a lot of people uh, in Southern California, the water supply for some of us is from the Colorado River. It has to come all the way across the state. And then I was reading a story about Lake Mead, which is one of the reservoirs. And uh, that's the one that Hoover Dam is on, is Lake Mead and uh and that's so bad I, the last time i was out there was last fall and as i drove past uh lake mead i was going up from phoenix uh, into las vegas and i had be happy to be out there and you look out on lake mead and you can see the dock and it goes out i don't know, i don't know how long that is probably what 150 feet maybe maybe 200 feet it's a pretty long dock and then uh, the dock ends and then probably another 300 yards before the water begins and that's how that's how far it continues to go down and they keep finding things in lake mead which again part of the colorado river part of the water supply for much of southern california and they found another body last week i don't know if you saw the story this is the second one that they found since the water level started dropping this one was in a this one was in a barrel they're suspecting it might have been mob related which intrigues me and grosses me out all at the same time I'm so fascinated by mob life. I don't want to get anywhere close to it, but I'm so fascinated by everybody involved in mob life. You put out a mob movie, I'm going to see it. Goodfellas, Casino, Godfather, all this. I love it. I'm just fascinated by it. I don't want to get anywhere close to it. First time I ever had anybody swear on one of my radio shows on the air, it was uh, uh, Henry Hill from, remember Goodfellas? It was the real the real uh excuse, yeah good fellas it was the real character that Ray Liotta was playing it's the first time I ever had somebody a, a swear on the air and I got in trouble for it uh, I just love the mob stuff love it and they found this body in a barrel and they think maybe it was mob related and I'm so fascinated by it and grossed out because I know that that body was in the water that then is later pumped to make for drinking water in southern California and that freaks me out and I thought, how many dead bodies are in the drinking water? And as the drought gets worse and worse and the reservoirs drop, we find more and more bodies in these different uh, 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 reservoirs and lakes and things like that. And uh, and I'm kind of creeped out by it, but then I have to start thinking. I was talking to my wife about this, and I said, oh, my gosh. They found a body in Lake Mead. That's part of the Colorado River, and that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, where, the, that's where the drinking water comes from. And I said, it's so gross. People were drinking water that was flowing right by a, a dead guy. And she says, uh, what body of water doesn't have dead bodies in it? And I said, come on, not every body of water has a dead body. She says, oh, there's dead bodies of some sort. Could be a deer, could be a great big fish or bear or something. There's dead bodies in all the water. Thanks, honey. Appreciate that. It'd be nice if the drought would ease up and then I wouldn't have to look at it anymore. Right? I wouldn't even have to think about it. I'd just say, look at all that beautiful, clear water. Surely there are no dead bodies in that water, and it would make me feel better about things. But now we come up with the drought and, and the drought getting worse, and we see that the fires are going to get worse and worse and worse. And one of the things that's making the fires worse, believe it or not, we don't have enough people in, in prison. Isn't that weird? We don't have enough people in prison, and that may make firefighting harder. Uh, Channel 7 was talking about that.
4: Firefighters have been saying for years that fire season in Southern California seems to last all year long. And with a devastating blaze destroying at least 20 homes in Laguna Niguel in relatively cool weather with no red flag warning and no Santa Ana winds, Cal Fire Captain Neil Chapinski says it's a good example of what a severe drought can do to the vegetation.
5: Everything's primed and ready to go. Um, it's very cyclical, and the brush grows back really quick. That's just how it's designed here in this uh, chaparral that we have down here in San Diego, and you know, most in Southern California.
4: Yeah, Chapinsky says in some
1: places. That... All right, so the 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 brush grows up, and then it dies, and then it turns into basically kindling, and. Then even if there is a fire and it wipes out all that fuel, it grows back real fast the next year and creates more fuel.
4: The chaparral is so dry it won't take much wind to cause problems. Once something's established like that, and it's even if it's just uh, topography
5: influenced, you know, obviously if something starts at the bottom of the hill, it's going to want to, you know, the radiate and the convection heat's going to go up, and that's going to translate to you know fire burning uphill unless there's an adverse
4: wind condition to push it downhill. And it's not just weather conditions firefighters are having a tough time with. What is it?
1: Oh, finally, my my intro is going to pay off here. I think we're going to find out about
4: inmates. But right now, there are fewer inmate hand crews available than in years past, not only because of prison realignment, but the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: Because Gascon's not locking enough people up.
5: We had to come up with other ways to be able to fight fire uh, as we have in the past. So with the inmate decline, with COVID kind of stopping that that process of getting more inmates through the system, um, as well as them being let out, uh, we've we got the approval to be able to hire permanent firefighter one hand crews. We've bolstered some of the seasonal triple C hand crews now to permanent funding and staffing, so those will be around year round as well as well as the National Guard. Uh- All right. So
1: basically, uh, the fire stink. There aren't enough inmates that we can put on the fire crews, which are always the low level offenders. Uh, and um, and why is that? Uh, because you got prison overcrowding and you had uh, COVID releases and this sort of thing. Uh, which is now coming back to bite us. And what does that mean? Is it going to cost more money to fight the fires and you're going to have to hire professional firefighters uh, and pay them more than whatever they make uh, when they have the inmates do it. I don't know what the inmates make, like three bucks an hour or something. Uh, so now you're going to have to pay people more money and uh, we're going to have more fires and uh, everything's going to suck. That's it. There's your future. Doesn't that make you feel good? Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But but it could be worse you could be a baby hoping to eat. You got to talk about that formula shortage in just a second here. It's Chris Merrill in for John and Ken on KFI AM 640, live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Hey there, it's Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640 is more stimulating talk, and baby needs a new bottle. Sadly, baby's not getting a new bottle because we have a massive f- baby formula shortage. Massive. The uh, The photographs that I've seen on the Twitter machine are pretty alarming. Uh, I'm not talking about the ones where people are claiming that all the baby formula is being shuttled to the border. That's, uh, that has been debunked a hundred times over, but uh, the, the baby formula going to the border, incidentally, and I know some people are going to scream about this, and you're going to get angry with me, but that's fine. Uh, the baby formula going to the border is either A, necessary because it's required by law uh, that uh, food and water be uh, supplied uh, to uh, people who are being held near the border uh, and or uh, uh, b what you 're seeing is uh formula that 's uh, that 's going to the border, and there's still uh, you 're just not seeing the replacement formula that 's going back onto the shelves. There may not be any other replacement formula, but believe me, the border is also having a shortage. I know you 're seeing cherry picked photographs to try to make an argument, but it 's just not the case. The baby formula situation is a tricky one. Because uh, people aren't having enough babies, frankly. I know it's weird, right? But the, the demand for baby formula actually fluctuates very little. Very, very little. And as the demand fluctuates very little, there's really no reason for these companies that make baby formula to have production facilities larger than they need for their predicted amounts. So why are we having issues with it right now? Some of it has to do with this recall that happened. Uh, The recall happened uh, a few months ago because one of the baby formulas may have been contaminated and uh, three infants got sick, two of those infants died, and they are trying to determine whether or not the formula was the reason for that. All right, that's problematic. And as a result, they had to to take, what, 400,000 bottles of baby formula off the shelves or uh, something like that. So that puts pressure on all of the other manufacturers, and then you end up with this shortage because demand doesn't fluctuate. So if there is a change in supply and demand is not fluctuating, then suddenly you've got a shortage. And ramping that back up is challenging. Uh, there's no doubt. It's, it's a challenge to everybody that's involved in that. Uh, let me see. I think, uh, I think we had – yeah, here we go. Channel 7, I think, had uh, had a bit of an explainer on this, and, and let me let them uh, get into it a bit. This
6: morning, with pressure mounting, the White House is taking action to try and address the baby formula crisis. Oh, good. The White House is going to fix this. Good. Joe Biden's going to get out there and pump for all the mothers. Urging states to allow families to use federal aid to buy more brands. But what if the baby doesn't like the brands? That's when Joe Biden pumps. Taking steps to import more formula and cracking down on price gouging. But the White House unable to say when the shortages will end. If you are You know that's the stinky part too. They mentioned price gouging. That stinks.
1: It's just irritating. Look, I understand that we've got supply and demand, and if demand is level but supply drops, then the value is inherently more, and so companies are trying to accommodate that. And if they charge more, maybe people will buy less, which evens out supply and demand. I understand the economics behind it, but for the people that are charging three, four times the amount, what what is the justification? Other than well, we can get it. Okay, yeah, I guess you can. Immoral a-hole
6: yeah you can get it if you are a parent who's looking for formula right now struggling to find what you need you have a, even a rough guess of how long these shortages are going to last what should parents be bracing for here
1: good question all right what are we getting ready for how long is this going to last what's the deal Jen
6: Saki? who's got one foot out the door. What say you? Well, we've already seen an increase in supply over the past couple of weeks. We're taking every step to increase that. So our message to parents is, we hear you. We want to do everything we can. Now Congress is... Uh, that was not an answer. <laughs>
1: right? What is that? Like, oh, well, we know that it's a problem. We hear you. We do.
6: We're taking every step to increase that.
1: What is every step? We're taking every step to increase that? To increase what Supply? What does that mean? We're taking every step. There's no. There's no weird taking every step. Somebody's calling a CEO at a, at a at a baby formula company and going, "Hey, you guys making formula?" And the CEO goes, "Yeah, we're taking every step." And the White House goes, "That sounds good to us." And then they hand over. Uh, they hand Gen Saki a piece of paper that says, "Taking every step." And they go, "See, right there, we're taking every step." You can even call the CEO and verify. We told them, "Are you taking every step?" And they said, "Yes." Done?
6: what does that even mean we're taking every step?
1: It doesn't mean anything. It's just made up words.
6: So our message to parents is we hear you. We want to do everything we can.
1: We hear you. We want to do everything we can. You know, we feel really bad. Um, Maybe this is a good time to try the fasting diet with your baby. Uh, We feel like this is probably a, a very good way for you and your baby to to really learn about uh, food oases, uh, shortages, uh, diet plans. Are you kidding me? We hear you. No, you don't. When you have the White House that says, oh, your baby's hungry, we hear you. No, you don't, because you're not there at 2 o'clock in the morning when that kid is screaming. We hear you. No, you don't. Send them all MP. If you've got a kid that's screaming looking for formula at 2 o'clock in the morning, record it.
6: Send that MP3 to the White House and say, now you hear me. Now Congress is demanding answers. ABC News learning exclusively that the House Oversight Committee is launching an investigation. Oh,
1: good. This will fix the problem. Uh, We've called in a group of 20 uh, septuagenarians, uh, mostly white men, to discuss baby formula. Uh, They are all experts in baby formula and baby formula supply chains. They're going to get to the bottom of this you know what set them out just get them out of there they don't have any idea i wouldn't even let those guys babysit my kid let alone try to fix the problem with their diets
5: it's a crisis we are taking steps to correct it and we will make sure that it does not happen again i
1: don't even know we're taking steps to get this fixed. we're taking steps now
6: we're taking what steps there are no steps Across the country, parents worried, frustrated, scrambling to find formula. What happens when we can't find it? Does your baby just starve? We hear you, and we're, we're
1: taking every step we can. Yeah.
6: Oh, what's that again? What happens when we can't find it? Does your baby just starve?
1: We hear you, and we're taking every step that we
6: can, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. That doesn't feed my baby. In stores, the shelves empty, an estimated 40% of brands out of stock. Not only can we not find it, but when we do find it, it's there's always a 20% markup on it. On eBay, one specialty formula for infants with a milk allergy now selling more than double its normal price. Hoarding is also a big concern. Companies like CVS and Walgreens now limiting purchases to three per customer.
1: Do you blame anybody for hoarding? I don't if you can find it you you stock up on it because you don't know if the next time you're out if it if the if they've taken every step and listened and gotten to the bottom of it, say you go buy your baby formula in the middle of June you need some more. Oh sorry we were busy holding uh, congressional hearings and not actually manufacturing more formula. Oh the baby's hungry. Oh sorry really sorry about that. Maybe take your baby to McDonald's. See if your baby likes McDonald's food. That would be good. That would help stimulate the economy. Give that baby a burger. Doesn't
6: work like that. Now critics say the White House dropped the baller that they should have acted sooner and some are calling for the president to invoke the Defense Production Act to try and boost manufacturing. The White House isn't ruling it out, but they aren't taking that step just yet. But bottom line, this is a very real problem. I can attest to this. I myself went to seven stores yesterday before I was able to find formula for my own daughter and Washington just can't say right now with any certainty when this crisis is going to end
1: stop looking to washington to end the crisis there's the first thing we got to do stop looking to washington to end it i got to tell you if you I, I, the more i look at it the more i think you know what those doomsday preppers are onto something yeah i always thought the doomsday preppers were nutty but now i'm starting to think they're onto something you know the do, the doomsday preppers oh they're still they're still bat spit crazy but at least they got a basement full of crap they can use yeah Doomsday preppers—they have the diapers and the and the and the and the razors and the and the formulas and and everything else that you might need. They they have got all the the soap and powdered milk and everything else. Those doomsday preppers—they're on top of something. I thought they were just nuts and throwing their money away on five-gallon buckets of ready-to-eat meals, but now I'm thinking, why not? Blows my mind. All right, uh, Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. Got to be fired up here all of a sudden. It's KFI AM six forty live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM six forty. Uh Deborah I don't know your situation. Do you ever have issues where you're, you're talking to family members and they start telling you about how why don't you do life like this? Oh I had yeah. One of those today. No, oh,
2: absolutely. I had one of those today. Yeah. You did? Oh I, was talk-
1: oh, no. oh, I was talking to Pops and I got the you're you're throwing your life away speech today.
2: What are you yeah. doing, Chris, that you're throwing your life away?
1: Well, I'm working in radio, and it's it's only doing some <laughs> fill-in work you know, here and there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, wow, well, you know, you're only doing fill-in work. I mean, you're just uh, you're throwing your life away. It's Loser. time to settle down and get a real job. Yeah. Why don't you? You should get into uh, uh, mechanical engineering like I did. Like, I'm too old. You need a degree. and Oh, come on. Stop with that. And uh, he got mad at me too. He says, "He says, you know, when you do this fill-in work, you're working for a base rate." And I said, "Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, we get paid per show, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, great." And he says, "But now the the minimum wage is going to go up." He says, <laughs> "All right." So he says, "So you're making less money." And I said, "How am I making less money? Because other people are making more money." <laughs> and I said, "You mean because of inflation? No, they're getting raises and you're not." So I'm happy with the wage that I make. Why do I? Why am I angry? Because you're not making a You're losing money, uh, but I haven't lost any money. I'm just. What are you talking about? Uh. So this is that was a circular argument that lasted way too long, and it's my father, so I can't just go. Your mind is melted into mush, and I don't really care if, uh, you know, if if my wage. Uh, through inflation isn't keeping up with the cost of living to your degree. I'm I'm fine. My life is fine. I don't care. I don't... But that's just foolish. Oh, God. I'm sorry. So that happened. Yeah.
2: That stinks.
1: Yeah. It, it's your life. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but...
2: Well, he's oh, just boy. looking Here after you, Chris. You know, I mean, I, I get it. You know, you're I a parent, know. too.
1: I am, and I look at my kids, and, and I don't know why my... Why can't my pops be like I am with my kids? Right. Well, oh, that's a whole nother.
2: That's, I, I, I hear you because I have yeah. that same situation. Okay.
1: Right. My son is 27, right? My oldest son is 27. And, uh, and so, and he's, he's a total dumpster fire. And so I don't tell him you're throwing your life away. I sit back like normal people. And I tell him I love you, son. And as soon as I hang up the phone, I look at his mother and I say, "Where did we go wrong? What a total dumpster fire he is! Oh, why can't, I can't he pull relate his head to out that out of his butt?" <laughs> and I so I don't understand why my father can't just say to my mom, "What a loser we have! Why? Why is he such a goober? He's uh, he's he's such a moron! He's throwing his life away. Why does he have to tell me to my face? Why can't he just be normal and gossip about me behind my back like every other family does?"
2: Okay. I'm going to stop you there. I would okay. rather somebody tell me to my face how they thought than, than do that. I mean, that's just me. I, I just... I, I I don't like sugarcoating. I don't like when uh, people tell me things because they think that's what I want to hear. Be truthful. Hey, maybe it will hurt. The truth will hurt. But I'd I'd rather know that. Don't suck up to me. Just lay it on the line.
1: Okay. But what if it's just completely unsolicited advice?
2: Well, I mean, I say to my dad, I mean, I I... I get in his face and I my dad is very my dad's a very quiet, gentle guy and I'm just like boom, boom, boom and I, I give it to him. <laughs> so maybe that's what you need to do. You need to give your dad you, you know, you gotta Oh no, will be tough.
1: No. no, he won't be he'll just he'll just go into passive aggressive mode. I don't need to do that stuff. And I was, you know, this inflation keeps going up. And he keeps saying, you said inflation wouldn't be that bad, but now look at it. Now, you had the story, right, about the inflation wages going up now? Yes. Because inflation's so much, all of a sudden minimum wage triggers yes. and goes up another 50 cents. Yeah. I think that's a good thing that they put that in the bill. Oh, I do too. Be- yeah, because I, 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 the one of the areas, in fact, I'm kind of bothered that they didn't write the whole bill this way. Um, but I, I'm always irritated by... For instance, we just saw this with the criminal justices, right? The, uh, the medical malpractice uh, bill that was just – just, the Assembly just passed it, what was it, yesterday or the day before or whatever, where they, they upped the, the amount that you could get uh, in a medical malpractice lawsuit. If somebody dies, you could up that to, I think it's $500,000 or something of the sort. The original was $250,000 was the cap now this all started back in the 70s because somebody came along and said oh there's so many frivolous lawsuits and all these doctors are just getting screwed and in uh, in you know in my mind i'm thinking you mean doctors that that screw up and kill people oh it's terrible Ur, tort reform everywhere how dare we prosecute doctors who failed and to killed somebody and we're not talking about somebody that just made an earnest mistake or a decision that good. That, we're talking about somebody that really screwed things up here, right? So uh, I, so they set the, the limit at $250,000, but that was in the 70s. So as we have inflation, as we're seeing right now, uh, all of a sudden that $250,000 doesn't seem so awe-inspiring as what it maybe did in 1970. Now it would be closer to a million dollars. So we're always playing catch-up with the laws unless we start indexing things. And so when they passed the minimum wage law, what did that... Um, when did that go through? 2014? 15? You know, it started. It bumped things up to I think twelve dollars an hour, and then it was thirteen fifty, and then it finally went up to fifteen dollars an hour. I think was it this year that it finally hit fifteen dollars an yeah, hour. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. I
2: have to check on that for sure. Yeah, but my I kids think, were making I think so.
1: Yeah, my kids were making minimum wage when it was like twelve bucks an hour. You know, my my daughter was like a barista and was making twelve bucks, but since then she's become like a crew leader barista. So you know, she's rolling in it now. And um and so I, I see this I saw it slowly climb, but my contention at that time was why are we indexing this? We always look back and we go uh, the uh, the minimum wage is this uh, but compared to uh, the cost of living increases since uh, 1981, if we were at the same level as it was in 1981 we should be at this number and it just bugs me. We need to index the minimum wage index it put that in the consumer price index and you make the minimum wage correspond with whatever the consumer price index is done now minimum wage is always the same ratio of the cost of living but no we don't want to do that because we always want to leave some sort of a political argument that we can raise money on in the future what a splendid way to do things uh you take uh, school funding index that Schools, I love it. Schools always come back and they're like, it's for the children. We need more money. And, and so then you have uh, you have politicians that go, oh, they don't need any more money. And you always see the same lame arguments like, oh, teachers have summers off. Why should we pay them more? And I hate that argument. Uh, but then you always have the same arguments that come up when we talk about funding the schools and capital improvements and teacher wages and education spending in general and all these other things. If you index it, then we can say you have the same amount of money in 2022 as what you had in 1989. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to index this stuff, which is why uh, when Deborah has the story about inflation going up over 7%, or it's estimated to go up over 7% here for the last year, whatever, whatever the, the threshold is, we've hit it. And... The estimation is that the minimum wage is going to rise to 1550 for large companies. And then, again, there's a different tiered system that they have in there. Uh, and I think, good, good. You know, good. You've, you put a provision in there to to at least help people out if inflation starts going bonkers, which it's doing now. Nobody anticipated this when that law was passed six, seven years ago, whatever it was. I don't remember the exact date. Uh, but good, you're doing it. Now, just imagine somebody that was working—that's working for fifteen bucks an hour. Now they're going to make fifteen fifty an hour. Great, that might help them top off their gas tank. It's not a huge raise. It might help them actually put enough fuel in the tank to get to the job that's paying them minimum wage. What did you say? The gas was five eighty seven. Now is the five eighty seven for regular? Yeah. Do you ever get going and then realize that you need gas, but then the only stations that are near you are six bucks or more? You know, oh, that drives me nuts.
2: That, yeah, that stinks. I'm a planner, so I don't do that anymore. I go to Good. the same place because it's really cheap.
1: You're smart. You're smart. I'm not. Sometimes I'll leave the station. I'll look down <laughs> and that little gas light will pop on and I'll freak out. And then I always end up at the station that's like, oh, gas here is 7.10 a gallon. Ugh, something yeah. ridiculous, right? No way. It just bugs me. Yeah, I don't blame you. Right, you say no way, but then I go, yeah, I'll just fill it up.
2: Well, I mean, it's, it's like, that it's or like you're, gonna you're gonna run out of gas.
1: Right. If it's six, but my wife always says, why don't you just put in a couple of gallons to get you down the road? And I go, because it's not worth my time, I don't care. Okay, look. If the average is five eighty seven and I got to pay seven bucks a gallon, I will go down the road. Right? I mean, we're talking about some. But if the average is five eighty seven and the and, and it's uh, $6.05 or something, I go. I'm only. It's going to cost me a couple bucks more.
2: It's the you know, principle of it, it Chris.
1: As, no, see, this is when you get okay. too emotionally attached to pennies, and that is more harmful than spending the pennies themselves. Now, if you're smart, you do like Deborah does and you plan ahead so you don't run into this situation, so you don't have this inner uh, conflict. Oh, am I so principled that I won't pay the extra $4 that it might cost me? Or am I just going to suck it up and go, it's just not worth my time or effort to worry about it?
0: Well, I also don't want effort, to get stuck
2: Deborah. on the road. So, I, I mean, sometimes I'll fill my tank when I when it's half empty, usually when, it, when I have a quarter left. I'm, I'm more That's concerned smart. about getting stuck on the road than I am the gas prices, but... They go hand in That's hand. That's
1: true. You're smart. You're oh, smart. Yeah. Because otherwise you get going down the road and then all of a sudden you find out that there's a traffic jam where you've never run into a traffic jam before.
2: Absolutely. It's going to last
1: an hour. Yeah.
2: That has happened. You don't want to
1: do that. You don't want to do that. While we're all trying to find money to buy baby formula or gas or whatever else it is, uh, the U.S. Senate is trying to spend money. One senator's stopping them from spending money. I'll tell you where they want to send that money in just a minute. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. It's live everywhere in your heart Ready app. Hey, Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Uh, Rand Paul blocked the Senate vote to advance the Ukraine war aid bill yesterday. This is a big deal. Uh, the president wants $40 billion in economic, humanitarian, and defense aid to Ukraine. $39.8 to be specific for you engineers out there. Uh, so this passed in the House, and it passed overwhelmingly in the House. And then it heads to the Senate, and there is bipartisan support to pass this thing. Right, So Schumer and McConnell are actually working together on this. It was uh, strange bedfellows. And we're not used to seeing them working together, although I think they probably do more than we recognize. It's only on those divisive issues that we see them outlashing at one another. Uh, so anyway, they wanted to get this thing passed, and uh, it didn't pass. It didn't pass because uh, Rand Paul decided he was gonna he was gonna block it. He's gonna he's gonna filibuster this thing uh, in order to get this thing pushed through. Now it, it's not a filibuster. In order to get this thing pushed through, they tried to get it through on unanimous consent, which is a pretty simple uh, method, and and many um, many senators would would say, okay, they, you know, yeah, pass it. That's fine. We're all in agreement. It's bipartisan. Leadership has told us this. We do what we're told. Always trust party leadership. Yes, do as we're told. Uh, But it did not get through any unanimous consent, and Rand Paul said, no, uh, I have problems with the bill. Rand Paul's problems with the bill aren't that bad. Now, there are times that Rand Paul drives me nuts, but this is not really one of those times. Uh, And the reason is, uh, he claims anyway his big issue is that uh, there's no watchdog associated with this so he wants the watchdog he wants some sort of uh, some sort of uh, accountability for the spending now the 40 billion dollars in aid um is it's not as though we're just sending a check for 40 billion dollars to Ukraine it's 40 billion dollars that we would be using at the president's discretion uh or at the discretion of the the uh, the smart people in charge of of getting supplies and such to ukraine uh and they can they can sort of dip into it think of it like uh think of it like a a credit that they have and they can kind of dip into that as they need to so uh president biden said that he wanted it on his desk by the end of this week this from the washington post now why is that because the current funding that we have for any of our aid to ukraine ends uh next week so he says, I want it on my desk by the end of this week. The idea is he can sign it, he can send that off to the people that, that need to get her done, and they can then go ahead and allocate resources as necessary. Right. So it takes a few days to get the, the wheels churning here. So the idea was get this thing through the House, get it to the Senate, Senate unanimous consent, It'll, it should only take a, a day or two, To get the bill to the president's desk, the president signs it, takes another couple days, uh, take it to the people that need that allocation to be able to move forward on their plans. If the timeline works out, it means the funds go to Ukraine or the funds go to the right places and Ukraine can get some of our old uh, missiles or our old equipment or whatever else it is that we're shipping to Ukraine. Or it could be humanitarian aid. We can allocate the funds and we can get the humanitarian aid to the people in Ukraine as needed, Right. And so the idea was get this on the president's desk by the end of the week, and there won't be any interruptions in the assistance that we're offering. Rand Paul said, I want accountability on this. I don't have a problem with Rand Paul wanting accountability. My big issue is that why didn't we write into the $40 billion humanitarian aid package or economic aid package, defense aid package, it's all three combined, to Ukraine, why didn't we write in a watchdog or some sort of an audit, some sort of accountability to begin with? Does anybody have a problem with making sure we know where the money goes? I don't have any issue with that at all. I don't think Rand Paul is off base. What strikes me as odd is that you've got politicians on both sides of the aisle that didn't care about the accountability. Now, normally, if you've got a Democrat in office, your Republicans all care about accountability. If you have a Republican in office, the Democrats all want to have transparency and accountability. In this case, they just said, push her through which means that either there is overwhelming trust that this money is, these are by our elected leaders, that our money is not going to be wasted in any way, shape, or form, or everybody's getting something out of it. Now, I haven't seen anything pop up that says somebody is getting something out of this other than Ukraine. I don't put it past them to sneak that through, but nothing strikes me as being odd. Normally, if you've got, uh, if you've got, Additional spending uh, that's going to benefit one uh, person's district, then somebody is throwing the red flag and, and throwing a conniption about it. Doesn't seem to be the case this time. So Rand Paul requested that an inspector general be appointed to oversee the funding. Uh, he rejected an offer from Senate leaders to hold an amendment vote on his provision. Now, this is where Rand Paul's being a little bit cheeky about it. So you had other politicians that went, oh, okay, Rand, we hear you. You want. You want, okay, in this case, the inspector general, but you want a watchdog on this. Okay, well, we'll just throw an amendment on there, and we'll vote that through, and we'll get it done. Rand Paul goes, no, 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 that's not what I want. I want it written into the original bill. Why? Well, because I don't want anybody to vote differently on the amendment. It's it's not, you can't do that. Hmm. Hmm. So, while I don't dislike... What Rand Paul is saying I I'm a little confused as to why he's not taking what he wants you want someone to oversee it they're willing to amend the bill to say yes to you and you're not going to take yes for an answer he says no I want it in the original bill part of what Rand Paul did yesterday with his vote stymieing this uh, this 40 billion dollar aid package for Ukraine had people scrambling to find a quote that John McCain had five years ago about Rand Paul when it came to trying to allocate money for, uh, I believe it was Montenegro at the time. Excuse me, it wasn't even uh, money. It was about adding Montenegro to NATO. And Rand Paul just said no and walked away. John McCain took the floor immediately after and made a pretty damning accusation. Uh, here's what he had to say. Mr. President, I note this, this the senator from, from Kentucky repairs. leaving the floor without
3: justification or ret- or any rationale for the action that he has just taken. That is really remarkable. That a senator blocking a treaty that is supported by the overwhelming number, perhaps 98 at least of his colleagues, would come to the floor and object and walk away. And walk away. The only conclusion you can draw when he walks away is he has no argument to be made. He has no justification
1: for his objection to having a small nation be part of NATO that is under assault from the Russians. So I repeat again, the senator from Kentucky is now working for Vladimir Putin. Well, okay. All right, John. You may have... Wow. That's a stretch. I don't know about working for Vladimir Putin. But McCain was never shy to, to say what he felt or at least get people fired up a bit. Uh, and now you've got, once again, you've got uh, Rand Paul saying, let's not send aid to the country that is facing Vladimir Putin. Does leave you scratching your head and wonder, are his intentions pure? Especially when he refuses to take yes for an answer. It's Chris Merrill, in for John Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app.
3: Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com.
0: Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Fluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25.
5: for complete terms